Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle Elfrink and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. Just as everyone predicted, we got a Monday night shootout, an entertaining Monday night shootout between Browning and Bethard. We are here to recap all of it. We welcome you to Fantasy Sports Daily. Kyle Elfrink here, Ray Flowers over there, powered by fantasyguru.com. Uh, welcome one and all to those in the chat room, those following on X, Facebook, uh, YouTube, the podcast, wherever you are. We do know this. I am in St. Louis, Missouri, and Ray Flowers is in San Mateo, California. How are you doing this morning, Ray? I'm good, Kyle. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's the holiday season. I got one of my first holiday, you know, sweaters on. This is saying you can't see it, but it says I'm dreaming of a great white Christmas. It's got a great white shirt. Oh. Um, so I'm trying to get in the mood here, Kyle. We got a lot of football to talk about. I know some basketball, but uh, holiday spirit as well. Yeah, well, before we get to all that other stuff, how many uh, Christmas sweaters does one Ray Flowers actually own? I was thinking about this the other day because I almost bought another one. I would say five. Okay. I think, and I, I don't know for – I'm going to say five, five or six, and like three of them are Star Wars ones. So, you know, so probably three technically ugly sweater ones if you divorce yourself from the Star Wars. Yeah, I, I don't believe I own a single one. Oh, so. Which is probably why I don't get invited to uh, parties. Come the Christmas season. Uh, we invite you to join us each and every morning, 11 a.m. Eastern. We invite you to send us comments, questions, whatever you got. Here is what is on the agenda for this Tuesday. Of course, we are starting with Monday Night Football. And there's a lot coming out of that game between the Bengals and the Jaguars. Cincinnati winning it in OT on an Evan McPherson field goal. Of course, the big news coming out of this game was Trevor Lawrence going down, Christian Kirk going down. Who the hell is Parker Washington? Ray and I will do our best to answer those questions and more. Uh, since we are talking more and more and more seemingly every week about quarterbacks, I thought we'd uh, take a look at the actual fall off that we have seen from starting quarterback to backup quarterback in the fantasy season of 2023. Speaking of injuries, we'll give you an update. Derrick Henry, Ramondre Stevenson, and the like. Sounds like Zach Wilson is now going to pout his way out of New York, which is a great look when you're trying to convince teams that you can be an NFL quarterback. Ray touched on the fact we'll talk some NBA. Justin Finsterman will stop in, and the uh, MLB winter meetings are upon us, taking place in Nashville, Tennessee. Not a whole lot of movement one day in, uh, but there are some rumors circulating, so Ray and I will pass those along. Not a rumor, Ray. Discounts at Fantasy Guru, correct? Correct. That is not a rumor, Kyle. We Always run it here on the show, as everyone's aware. It's FSD20, FSD20. That gets you a 20% discount on football product, baseball product, basketball product, hockey product, any of the products. Like soccer, racing, FSD20 there. And then we're still running the special for football. If you want to get – and I, I, don't, I think I've misspoken most of the time. You get betting, too. You get wow. seasonal DFS and betting the rest of the way through the regular season and the playoffs. So from now through the Super Bowl, betting – DFS, seasonal, all of it, you can get in one package. It's the all-in NFL package. Use that promo code FSD20 for the discount on that one. Sounds good. Okay, let's dig into Monday Night Football, Ray. And uh, entertaining. It was a fun game to watch. Um, I didn't think the Bengals would put up uh, that kind of fight, but they surely did. And, you know, of course, Trevor Lawrence goes down, but uh, that was a heck of a game even before Lawrence went down. Obviously, the Jaguars 
kind of limping to the finish line. Uh, C.J. Beathard came in. He was okay, you know, kind of what you expect from a backup. Uh, the news on Lawrence Ray, I guess at this point, it's a positive that it's not immediate, that he's like done, uh, which if you saw the injury last night, he got rolled up by his tackle, then he got rolled over by the defender. It, it looked bad, and Lawrence's reaction was not one of saying, oh, I'm going to, to miss the rest of this game and be back next week. The reaction, Ray, indicated this was a, a pretty severe injury that will probably knock him out for multiple weeks. Yeah, and, you know, this, as you led the show off with, this trend of quarterbacks going down is is an epidemic at this point. And, you know, where everyone's making plans for the playoffs, and, you know, Trevor Lawrence has been a moderate performer to date, but he's starting to surge of late. Even last night he had three touchdowns. You're starting to feel better about things, and then there's the injury. And so this has trickle-down effect, obviously, for the Jaguars and the fantasy game as well. But we're likely looking at a multi-week absence in a best-case scenario. We're basically hearing a season's not over. Now that could be, hey, guys, if we make the, the Super Bowl, we'll be able to play. We don't really know what the time frame is there. But uh, tough blow for the Jags and for the folks that had Trevor Lawrence on their squad. We're, we're still over a month out from the NFL playoffs. So I, I think he could possibly be back. You know, I'm just kind of guessing there. But he does have more than a month that he could return for the postseason. And even with the loss last night, the Jaguars are in a decent spot. Now, if the bottom fell out, then they would have issues. But they are sitting at 8-4. and four. Um, I guess their closest competitor right now would be the Indianapolis Colts, who, you know, have a shot to uh, knock off the Jaguars. But uh, there was no head-to-heads left between the Colts and the Jags. So both across their fingers to the finish line. And, and Ray, you would assume C.J. Beathard would probably be the guy to take over. Uh, I guess the Jaguars would be hoping for some kind of a reaction like the Bengals got from Jake Browning. That, that was impressive, Ray. Um, and, and he didn't put up four touchdowns or anything. But he made some big throws. He kept Jamar Chase involved. Um, all the points were earned by that Cincinnati offense. Jake Browning had one of the better, and we've seen a lot of backup quarterbacks this year, Ray. Quite simply, that was one of the best we've seen all season. Out of the dozens we've seen, what he did on Monday night against the Jaguars was a upper end for a backup this year. It was really good. And then this goes back to what we were, we've been talking about with teams like the Jets, right? Um, the fact that, look, Jake Browning is not Joe Burrow. And for large portions of the season, this offense with the Bengals has struggled. But what did we see last night? We saw a young quarterback who was coached up. We saw a young quarterback that knew what he was doing. 32 for 37, even if you're throwing balls at the line of scrimmage, <laughs> is really good. I mean, that's really good. So this is an offense that, you know, put up 30-plus points uh, or a team that put up 30-plus points. And, you know, the the quarterback didn't – the moment wasn't too big for him. And he was prepared and ready, and he executed. And given the state of the NFL and all these backup quarterbacks that aren't able to do that, that was a damn impressive performance. I would suspect, Ray, he's becoming a pretty popular ad because so many people are now going into the playoffs, maybe without Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they might be going out where they've been scrambling and streaming all season long. Maybe they have Kyler Murray or Sam Howell who are on bye weeks. For a lot of leagues, Jake Browning might be the best ad going into the week. I think the Bengals have the Colts. Is that right? Uh, coming up this week. And I think that is the matchup, which is, on the surface, nothing fearsome. Now, I'm not going to predict 32 or 37. I don't think Browning's that kind of guy. But, Ray, considering injuries, considering backups, considering the two guys on buys, Jake Browning may very well be starting for some teams here in Week 14. Yeah, and Jeff Manns always puts out the rankings at FantasyGuru.com in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, it was 3.30 in the morning, so what, six hours ago, five and a half five hours five, ago now. Yeah. Four and a half hours ago now, I can't even count. Yeah, he stays up all night and does the rankings, and then people bitch about the rankings anyway. 
Uh, but he put out the rankings, and I think the the first run has Jake Browning at 19. Okay, yeah. So, and, and on, as you said, there's flux, a couple situations in flux. There's some injuries. There's a couple buys. But, yeah, I mean, it's certainly in two QB leagues, people that had Jake Browning have to feel much better about rolling Jake Browning out there uh, than they were 24 hours ago. I, I'm in a league. It's a 16-team array. I've lost Cousins and Jones this year, so I've kind of been scrambling. I picked up Kyler Murray on a discount, uh, but he's on buy this week. I, I looked at the, the waiver wire last night, Ray, and I'm blowing out the budget for Jake Browning. <laughs> there's, there's nothing else out there for a guy like me, and, and I'm not the only one. Like I said, people are scrambling, and the Lawrence owner is now scrambling. That's like my biggest fear now, Ray. I haven't checked this in that particular league, but for those who are in leagues where you're considering Jake Browning, you're in a situation like me. You need a win. You need a quarterback. Uh, take a look at who owns Trevor Lawrence in your league. Uh, see if they have a backup. If they don't have a backup, understand they're probably going to be bidding for Browning too. So for those who do the fab process of waiver pickups, Ray, that could dictate how much money you're actually spending on Browning this week. Yeah, absolutely. And this is always part of the, the process, which is why it's difficult for us on this side. When people say, how much money do we spend? What percentage do we spend? We don't know what the person has, what others in the league have, what the needs are, how active your league is. Like you could be in a league where – you know, the team that's, you know, one in, one in 11, right? They're still making moves. And you could be in the league where half the team is, aren't even playing. So have to factor that all in. But, yeah, I definitely have to take a look around because that it might end up being a pretty important call given the state of the quarterback position. You mentioned Browning 19. I don't need the whole list. But but who are a couple of names around him just to kind of give us an idea of the, of the level of QB we're thinking about in week 14 there? Right in front of him is 18 is Gardner Minshew who okay. we've talked about, right? Game manager more than a guy that went for 302 last week. Desmond Ritter, Baker Mayfield, Will Levis. And you hear those names and you're, yeah, like you're making a face, but then it's right. like, there's names below that. Aiden O'Connell, Tommy DeVito, Trevor Simeon. Like it, this is, uh, I mean, I don't know, historically speaking, Kyle, but this is disastrous. The way the quarterback position has gone this year has to be, for the modern day, about as bad as it could get. There are names on this list that if you were in a dynasty league and had these guys on your roster at the start of the season, I would have said this is terrible. And they're starting this week in the NFL. Well, and, and you know, when we go back, rewind the clock to like July and, and August, and this happens every year, I certainly say it, uh, Ray says it, a lot of people say it, um, you know, you don't need a stud quarterback. You know, you can survive with other quarterbacks. I might have to slightly alter that statement, Ray, that you don't need a stud quarterback, but you need a healthy one. You need a healthy quarterback. Because the backup, the level of play just isn't there. there. There's maybe two or three like legitimate backups. Like Gardner Minshew's a fine backup. But even Minshew, I, I was looking at it. Here, his average rate is 12 and a half points. Yeah. That's not very good. Not really. Um, he had the big week in week 13. But all of these guys, like when you look at the, the run of 2023, we've lost Cousins, Richardson, Justin, you know, we didn't lose Fields, but he was injured. Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray was missing for half the season. Mm -hmm. Daniel Jones, Deshaun Watson, obviously Aaron Rodgers, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Garoppolo. Um, you know, Ritter's been in and out of the lineup. And I looked at all the backups. So the backups, Ray, like it's it's Josh Dobbs in Minnesota, mm -hmm. Minshew in Indy, uh, Dobbs as well in Arizona. Uh, Tyler Bajant, Tommy DeVito. You got the trio of guys in Cleveland, Walker, DTR, and, and Watson, or Flacco, excuse Flacco. me. Uh, Levis, O'Connell, Heineke. You look at all these guys, Ray, and it's pretty damn ugly. Uh, Dobbs has been fine. Like Dobbs is, and, and 
since Joshua Dobbs got to Minnesota, he's over 19 points a game. Now I know that Kevin Stefanski, um, he's still the coach. I didn't, or no, he's over in Cleveland. I'm trying to think, uh, who's it? the guy in Minnesota. I know that uh, he doesn't sit there and look at fantasy results for Joshua Dobbs, but he probably should look at, Hey, this guy's been fine. He, he hasn't been as good as cousins, but he's fine. The rest of these guys, right. Are well off the pace. Yeah. You know, B- Bajan was bad. DeVito, has been okay. I, Daniel Jones was terrible. So DeVito has been about as good as Daniel Jones, but on and on and on, Ray, it's not so much having any quarterback. It's having healthy quarterbacks. If you've stayed healthy at that position this year, you're probably in a pretty decent spot in your fantasy league. Yeah. And all scoring systems are different and everything like that. But we, we spent a lot of time the last couple of weeks in particular talking about a guy like Jordan Love, who, even if you're a Jordan Love backer, and even if you like what you've seen of late, Jordan Love has been up and down, topsy-turvy, spotty at at times this season. That's just a fact. I'm looking at my dynasty right now. He's quarterback 10. (laughs) Like that's where we're at. Like just having it like to your point, just having a guy out there and doing it. And you know, that's, you know, Trevor Lawrence is 13 and he hasn't had a good season. And it's just on and on with these guys, Justin Herbert, who everyone hates quarterback six. So there is a lot to be said for staying healthy. This had been previously the situation with running backs, right? I don't remember us ever saying, well, we need a healthy quarterback. Like, when we ever, I mean, one or two, yeah. three guys, they get hurt. That happens. But to have 10 guys go down or to have teams just rolling through guys because they don't know who to, that never happens. And that speaks to the state of, you know, coaching. It speaks to the state of the quarterback position. And it speaks to the, the state of how defense, who's had everything against them, everything's against the defense, all the rules, everything. Defense is starting to pass offense. You can't look at the way the game is constructed and not say it's not an offensive-minded game. And to see the defense be able to stomp these guys out across the land, there's a lot going on here, Kyle. And Some of these coaching staffs need to look in the mirror because I don't think they're prepping their guys well. Well, quite simply, the physics of the sport have overcome the sport. It's it's just dangerous, you know, being a quarterback. You're standing there. Everybody else trying to kill you. That's and and these guys are massive. And even last night with Lawrence, it was not really a hit, it was his lineman stepping on his ankle. But that's now a 350 pound lineman instead of a 310 pound lineman. And then you have the other guy who's bigger and faster that's then rolling on top of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's just the speed of the sport is going to continue to knock these guys out. I don't think there's any protective measures. I mean, the NFL, I mean. Every week, people bitch and moan about protecting the quarterbacks. Like, there's these lousy, silly calls. Like, can you believe that was called roughing the passer? The NFL has bent over backwards to try and protect these guys, and it's not working. I don't blame the NFL. It's just the physics of this sport. I mean, the linebackers are fast and huge. Same thing with the linemen. I mean, the 40 times on some of these 300-pound linemen are out of this world. So it's really just the physics of the position. So unless you put weight limits which sounds so Sally Ann. I mean, nobody's, you thought that if we put weight limits and, and that happens in like peewee football, there are weight limits of where you can play. Mm-hmm. Ray, if you ever did that to the NFL, people would just quit watching the sport, I bet. But that's about the only thing you could do. is <laughs> you try to, to, to remove the force and, and the weight from these guys. Cause right now these guys are just getting mo- nailed and, and there's nothing you can do for, to protect them really. Yeah. And I mean, the league has done everything they can to the point where, honestly, we see penalties every week that are terrible. They're terrible mm-hmm. for football. I get the intent, right? Oh, you can't fall on a guy. Seriously? 
I, I just, my child, I could just remember, hey, Fred Dean, yeah, we know you're going to lead our team in sacks and you're going to get the quarterback, but don't actually tackle him. Just bump him down. Just run into him, knock him over, but don't tackle him. You know, these guys, you're driving the guy because you're you're grabbing and wrapping up like you're supposed to. You're to the ground. That's a penalty. You hit a guy too hard. It's a penalty. I mean, the league has done what they can, but at a, like you said, at a certain point, this is all you can do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are already people, and I, I've got it in my timeline on uh, X Twitter at the Ray Flowers multiple times last week of people just saying they start playing flag football like this is ridiculous. So yeah. people are already upset with this extent they have gone to protect these guys. And to your point, it's still not working. You know, I've always usually, I shouldn't say always, I, I'd say in 80% of my leagues, Ray, because I am one who drafts a QB late, I always have a second QB, 80% of the time. Uh, I have told people who splurge at quarterback, you know, taking a QB in like the first three or four rounds, uh, you shouldn't probably have a second QB. That's kind of been my running way. And I, I realize some leagues are, are 20 rounds instead of 14. And so you get a but, but I bring that up, Ray, because with all these injuries and the fact that it's probably not going to change. I mean, every year we're going to use guys. You know, we like to think, oh, Josh Allen's going to stay healthy 17 weeks. Same for Patrick Mahomes. Same for Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, all these guys. I, I'm almost to the point now, especially after experiencing this year where the backups are so bad and these guys just, you know, can't even barely handle a clipboard anymore. It's almost like everybody needs to have two quarterbacks. Just on the Because if an injury happens, Ray, you want to be turning to another starter and not turning to a backup. I, I feel like in 10 years ago, I'd be like, okay, turning to a backup. This year, the performances are so awful and ugly that I want to turn to another starter. I want to have that second QB who actually plays every week. I want to have Jordan Love, you know, or, or guys of that, Geno Smith or guys of that ilk, instead of turning to the O'Connells and Zach Wilsons and Tyson Bajans of the, of the, of the league. Yeah, but what happens if the second quarterback you take is also hurt? And so you're so you did you waste because you had the spot that you wasted for six weeks because just well, then you're up. still yeah you're still going to a Bajan guy then yeah so it's tough. like it, it's tough and this I think we've had this discussion previously here on Fantasy Sports Daily that you know I've said we need to outlaw outlaw we need to get rid of two quarterback leagues because this is ridiculous and even super flex leagues I mean I'm in a super flex league. I lost Anthony Richardson. I went to t- Tyler Haneke. Now I'm at Aiden O'Connell. Like, this is terrible. Like, this is te- this is terrible. So um, I don't know. We'll reassess all the data. You say all the time you don't like changing strategies or rules based yeah. upon one-offs. I feel like this season's a one-off with the quarterback position. Because, again, you and I would have to go and search this. But neither one of us thinks this has been a norm for us at any point over the last 15 years, right? So I don't want to get crazy with it. I think, though – in some setups, maybe I need to be more lax. I agree with you. I think taking the second quarterback in most instances is a waste. And also, a lot of people play 10-team leagues. Yeah. You know, they have five-person benches. Like, okay, you're in a 14-team league with an eight-person bench. Okay. So it also depends what your league setup is as well. As uh, for Browning, 25.7 points, fifth best of any quarterback in Week 13. And let me throw this at you. Joe Burrow had one game this season in terms of fantasy points, better than what we saw from Browning last night. One game. So that's it's a little alarming. I mean, Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow, uh, but it kind of speaks to how much of a struggle he'd had this season before the injury. Um, good to see Jamar Chase rocking and rolling. That was a big part of the success. He had 11 catches. You know, play your studs. We say it every day. 
again and again. And this week was like a, a referendum on something Ray and I scream about. Play your studs. DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, all these guys doing good. Uh, Joe Mixon. Let's give him a shout out, Ray. I've been very critical of Joe Mixon. In effect, he's been a bad running back for two full seasons. Uh, last night was not great, but it goes down as his best campaign, best effort of the year, uh, thanks to the two touchdowns. Although we did see plenty of Evans in this game, Ray, uh, which was something people were following. You know, there had been that rumbling, that rumor that maybe Evans would get some more work down the stretch. He mm -hmm. did actually show up on the football field a bit more last night, despite the fact that Mixon had the huge fantasy effort. Yeah, Mixon and another start your stud. And I don't know if Mixon's a stud, but we talk about it all the time, the volume. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's just you, you got to play these guys. The matchup wasn't one that was scary. You look at the way the offense has got to run. And did he do anything? No, it's 3.6 yards of carry. Whoopie-doo, right? Long run was 18 yards. You take that away, he's averaging two yards of carry. But he got in the end zone twice. He's part of the passing game. Uh, and so I think that you know he's one of those rare running backs that – Basically, every week you're thinking he's getting 85, 90% of the work out of the backfield. Not yeah. necessarily the snaps, probably, but the touches. So it was nice to see them diversify a little bit there because eventually you wear out if that's that's what you do. But he is one of those. Oh, and I, said Evans, I met Chase Brown. Evans, the older backup. Uh, but Chase yeah. Brown's the rookie. Right. What was it? Nine, yeah, nine carries. He'd had two carries all year before last night. Is, yeah. I mean, is there an ad to be made there? <laughs> uh, yeah, he played like 11 snaps. So I'm going to say no. And again, this is a, I would say it this way. There is an ad there if you're a Joe Mixon owner and you didn't know what it was going to be for the backup and you're not certain about the offense. Okay, we've seen Browning play a couple of weeks. He's been solid to good. Uh, we, we know Mixon's taking this huge volume of work. And at some point, there's certainly a chance just of a wear down or obviously an injury. Brown's the guy you add if you have, Mixon. If you're just one of these random people grabbing a backup running back, go for it. I mean, whatever. I don't, you know, there you have to have an injury for Mixon for that to pay off. Cause I don't see there being many scenarios where if Mixon's fully healthy, that you're going to see a backup running back getting a 10 touch effort behind them. On the uh, Jag side, again, the Trevor Lawrence news is not dreadful. It's not the end of the year, at least is what we're hearing now, uh, but he will miss some time. So we, we would expect, expect Bethard's out there. Christian Kirk may miss some time too. He left early with a growing injury. Little disappointment, Ray, that, that Calvin Ridley, you know, did nothing in his absence. We did see a lot of Evan Ingram mm -hmm. in that game, including late working with Bethard. Uh, Ingram, by the way, first touchdown of the season, but he had nine catches last night. So mm -hmm. a big effort if you needed the tight end effort. Uh, but Ridley not showing up. And I guess Christian Kirk is a guy who no one really ever gets excited about, but that would be a hit not only for the Jags, but also fantasy players. He's he's an every week starter in a in a three wide receiver league. I mean, you're rolling every week with Christian Kirk. Oh yeah. And so his loss, if it is a loss and you know you play a snap and you go out up the field, people get concerned. I think they should. Uh, you know, that's something to keep an eye on. Ridley was disappointing. They tried to manufacture work for him. They gave him three carries, which didn't happen. Um, you know, three carries and what did he have? Eight targets. Yeah, that's 11 opportunities. They tried to get really involved. It just yeah. didn't really happen. Um, you know, Zay Jones, you know, Zay Jones, what he did last night is top end for Zay Jones, five catches, 78 well, yards. Well, then we got to go to Parker Washington. I know. Again, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, in Parker Washington, you know, you read scouting reports and you look at film and, you know, he's, he's a, he's a slot receiver, obviously. And, you know, 5'10", 5 5'11", 5 200 pounds, you know, and he doesn't he doesn't create separation. He doesn't have great burst, but he, he could be effective. And we saw that last night, you know, and again, this is about how you're utilizing an offense and what you're trying to do as well. So 
Washington, you know, we thought it might be Tim Jones. It wasn't Tim Jones. It was Parker Washington. So if you're one of those people that lost Kirk or you're desperate in week 14, maybe even rolling out Marquise Brown, I hope you haven't. Yeah. Um, maybe Parker Washington is someone you look at, but it's hard to, you know, it's hard to think that he just steps in completely and takes over the workload and production of Kirk. Well, he was immediately thrown into the fire. Um, he had a touchdown. He had two other catches that went for first downs. He had six targets. He caught all six targets. He had had zero catches in his NFL career. He's a rookie, but zero catches before last night, uh, which is always dangerous, Ray, to then jump on board. You know, even if Kirk's out, I know Washington's going to get some bidding, but it's just dangerous to see a guy who literally has done zilch for 12 weeks, and now you're spending, I don't know, you know, 40% of what you have left in your budget on a guy like Parker Washington going off the one-game effort. Yeah, and remember, C.J. Beathard's extremely likely to be the quarterback, too. So, you know, this is not Trevor Lawrence that he'd be catching passes from. Big win uh, for the Bengals. Uh, They're they're kind of on the outside looking in right now. Uh, They got a lot of work to do with Jake Browning, uh, but still a very strong effort uh, by them to go on the road against Jacksonville. And to get that win. So week 13 is uh, in the books. Uh, We're only two days away, though, from week 14. Uh, That'll get going in just a couple of days. The Steelers taking on the New England Patriots. Did get some news with the Patriots. And as feared, Ramondre Stevenson. Going to miss a pretty good amount of time. I wouldn't be surprised, Ray, if he's out for the season. You know, with the way the year has gone for the New England Patriots. I don't know if there's much to gain for Stevenson coming back. Uh, Which leads us to Zeke Elliott, a guy that we brought up yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think in a lot of leagues, at least of 12 team leagues, he's kind of been that fifth running back for many people. Uh, but we just came off a pretty heavy bye week. You know, people are always interchanging running backs and going after the hot new things. So he may be available in more leagues than I understand, which, you know, for a Stevenson owner, you should have had Zeke the whole time, as Ray will remind us. But for those who can get Zeke, you are getting a guy, Ray who should be 15 touches for the next month, every week, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that should be the expectation, which there's maybe 10 or 12 other dudes who can say that in football. And now Zeke Elliott's one of them, and he could be available at this late juncture. Yeah, I mean, the crew behind Elliott as it's currently constructed is basically Kevin Harris, Jermichael, Hasty, and Ty Montgomery. Woof. Um, so it's Ezekiel Elliott or bust. Now, the problem, obviously is that Ezekiel does not have the burst he once did. We're all aware of that. So he is not likely to rip off the significant runs that Stevenson has. Same time, he's likely to get 15-plus touches. That could include three, four, five catches. Uh, There is significant – I'm creating a word here, Kyle – curbation at the top (laughs) end because this offense doesn't produce any points. So there's nothing top end for Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, It's hard to envision him ripping off 70-yard touchdown runs. Or scoring yeah. 25 points because of the way the offense is. But to your point, 15 touches a week. We say it all the time. You're a fantasy starter. And I think he is available in more leagues than we expect because a lot of people are in shallow leagues. So he is uh, he's probably best thought of as a flex option. Yeah. Like I really don't love the idea of him you know, being a starter one or two at the running back position. But maybe this week with a couple teams on by and all of that, maybe you feel a little excited. We have him currently ranked 30th yeah. at running back over at fantasyguru.com. Yeah, so much more of a flex play there. The Derrick Henry owners out there, the news is good. Uh, The Titans tell us he is not in concussion protocol, so that was the fear that he would be in protocol, but it sounds like uh, he's going to be able to give it a go in week 14. We are still wondering about Christian Watson. Of course, they played Sunday night. He came up lame early, 
with a re-injury of his hamstring. The Packers not giving us a whole lot of information on Watson. Uh, don't be surprised, though, if he misses some time. And then Derek Carr is in concussion protocol. And, and Ray, even if he were to get out of concussion protocol, I don't know that he's playing in week 14. Yeah, like he, he has just been blasted a few times and all these other quarterbacks are out. At least the Saints have not lost Derek Carr for like the season at any point. But he's he's playing hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, the issue is that in the NFC South, you always have a chance. You're never dead. So the Saints, they've got this tug and pull, Ray, this push and pull even. of Do, do we protect Derek Carr for a week or two and get him right or at least healthier? Or do we turn it over to Jameis Winston, you know, and, and let him run things under center? And if that were the case, I Winston to me, like we were talking about all these lousy backups. For the person who can't get Browning, you know, and there's people scrambling. Does Winston, he's ahead of O'Connell. Mm -hmm. um, he, he's got to be ahead of Ritter, ahead of DeVito. I mean, Jameis Winston on pure name recognition, Ray, and the fact that he's a veteran who we've actually seen have good games, he's got to be near the top 20 for this week, too, if he were to get the start for the Saints. Just ahead of Jake Browning. Yeah, in the <laughs> rankings of fantasy. I mean, and that's, that's again, that's where we're at. The thing with Winston, and we saw this, Winston, you know, they've tried forever to, you know, coach the inter interception out of him. They're not doing it. Mm -hmm, <laughs> he's yeah. just flinging it around the field, right? That's And I said this earlier in the week. I mean, Chris Olave is getting 14 targets. If Winston's the quarter, he's gonna he's just gonna throw it and throw it and throw it. And you know, your league, it might matter. Some leagues are zero for interceptions, you know, some are minus one, some are minus two points. I guess that that could factor into this too. But Winston is not likely to be the quarterback of the Saints and to have a game where he throws the ball 26 times. Like that is not likely to happen. So yeah, he's in the mix as a quarterback too this week. There's no doubt about it. Uh the New York Jets quarterback intrigue. Um Aaron Rodgers, we think, is done. Tim Boyle, we think, is done. Trevor Simeon might be in. We thought Zach Wilson was done. There is reporting that Zach Wilson was <laughs> requested <laughs> to be the quarterback in week 14 for the Jets. And, Ray, according to the reporting, Robert Sala disputes this. Right. But according to the reporting, Zach Wilson wasn't interested in returning to the starting lineup for the Jets, which I, I don't know how often, if this is indeed the case, and again, I'm not saying it is, this is reporting, but if this is the case, this has got to be the first time ever a guy's been offered an NFL quarterback job and said no. <laughs> which it, 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 Zach Wilson's not going to be with the Jets next year. He's probably going to land with somebody as a backup. Ray, I don't want to be the team signing Zach Wilson if indeed this is the case where he was offered to start and he said, nah. And I don't care. Like, like, oh, he's worried about working behind this offensive line or he, he feels mistreated by the Jets and now he's yeah. throwing it back in their face. Screw you, man. You're a player. Here's your opportunity. If this is true, Ray, he doesn't even belong in the NFL. Well, I'm glad you said if this is true like six times there because I I don't know if this is true to me, okay? The Jets, and I said this yesterday, on, I think it was yesterday, maybe it was Monday. Um, where did I say it was Monday? I said it yesterday. <laughs> the Jets are slaloming down the hill at record pace to be the worst organization in professional sports. Do, this do you, okay, is and, a and disaster. The thing, Ray, their defense is great. And everybody good. thinks Robert Sala is like a legit coach. Is, is that changing? Is Robert like, Sala happening coach? under Robert Sala, who I 
a lot of people love Robert Sala. Like he's legit. They think he's a coach who knows what he's doing, but this is all taking place on his watch. Yeah. They signed a wide receiver who they're paying $15 million a year, who they're healthy scratching in Alan Lazard. They put their entire franchise in the hand of the most narcissistic player ever in the history of the NFL and Aaron Rodgers. They hired Aaron Rodgers' best friend to be the offensive coordinator who does not know how to be an offensive coordinator in Nate, Nate Hackett. They have the head coach calling out their best player, Brees Hall, in public, in the media, saying, oh, you got to do things differently. Now this story leaks out about Zach Wilson. I don't buy any of this stuff. It's all – and this is – and maybe all of it's true. Maybe half of it's true. The bottom line is this organization is a disaster. And mm -hmm. you've got to put this on the head coach. You've got to do this. You know, no matter what is going on, you got to maintain, maintain control. What has Salah done this year? He's playing Boyle and Simeon. They let go Michael Carter, who's now playing for the, the Cardinals. They let him go. Who is making the decisions with this organization? They're not doing anything at any level right, and that's on the head coach. Hmm. Uh, reporting, by the way, just to put a name, is it uh, Diana Rossini with uh, The Athletic, who's kind of been a, an insider for the last number of years, probably not to the level of a, a Rappaport or a Schefter. Uh, and, and again, Robert Sala was asked about this yesterday and said that's not the case. So may, maybe we're we're pounding Zach Wilson more than we should, but pretty rough look if you're Zach Wilson. Uh, one other quick note from the NFL, Shaq Leonard, if you care. I remember the Colts released him like two, three weeks ago. He visited the Cowboys and the Eagles. He has now chosen the Eagles. Uh, now, Shaq Leonard's had a good career. There are questions how much is left in the tank. Certainly the Colts thought he didn't have much left in the tank, but he will be joining the Eagles, who could use some defensive reinforcements, I think it is safe to say. So uh, week 13 taken care of. Waiver wire coming up tonight. Uh, do check out the columns that we have going up at fantasyguru.com. We have a waiver wire preview for many of you. There's a buy, sell, hold column that is going to be up at fantasyguru.com. And as always, Discord is open. So you can really drill down into specific questions and situations that are, uh, uh, you know, you're approaching in your league as you get set for uh, one of the more critical uh, bidding processes. We do have two uh, game teams, I should say, on buy, Arizona and Washington. So plan accordingly, especially if you have Murray and Hal, you might be looking for a quarterback this week. Okay, let's move along and uh, talk some NBA. We love doing it on a Tuesday. I am told our guest is uh, still keeping the faith. Uh, he is still backing what Ray just termed uh, one of the worst organizations in all of the NFL. And it's kind of been that way for a number of years, pretty well since this guy's been alive. I think the Jets have sucked. Uh, Justin Fensterman, resident Jets fan, resident Knicks fan. Justin is back with us to talk a little NBA on a Tuesday. Look at that. Both teams. Is that a Jets autograph on there? Who, who Whose signature do you got on there, Justin? Yeah, well, guys, thank you for having me. That would be Mr. Chad Pennington, who is, yeah, yeah. yep, I miss him. And so do the rest of the Jets fans out there. Too. <laughs> yeah, you miss Chad Pennington. That is how bad things have gotten for the Jets. Uh, man, oh, man. Justin will be back buying season tickets next year when Rodgers returns, though. Just never, me. ever, ever. This franchise never. causes me so much agita. It's unbelievable. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, let's talk some hoops, which uh, last week, uh, Justin reminded us again, he's not a fan of the in-season tournament. I will tell you last night, Justin, I was actually following along to the Pacers and Celtics. That Look was an interesting game. I wanted to see who would win their way to Vegas. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton had a huge effort, triple-double for him. I, I wanted to start, though, on the other side. 
because I was I was watching that game and then looking through the box score this morning. Drew Holiday, like Tatum and Jalen Brown did their thing, but Drew Holiday is supposed to be the number three guy here. Uh, Porzingis was out again, like usual. But Drew Holiday was the big ad. Ugly effort last night, playing 40 minutes, uh, nine points, three assists. How How's the first month or so, month and a half gone for Drew Holiday with the Celtics? Not great, guys. Not great at all. And, and the reason it's not going great, it's because you're seeing it constantly inconsistent stat lines. That's the problem. Really, his biggest consistency is rebounding, and he's been excellent. But then you're seeing a lot of nights where he's shooting 35% from the field. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just not working out. And like you said, Porzingis is out, so he should be getting a lot more action, right? But he's not really getting himself involved. And also on the defensive end, too, he hasn't been the same guy. So it really, from a reality or a fantasy standpoint, hasn't been that great, even as assists also inconsistent as well we're really at this point looking at his boards and that's it not boards good through holiday yeah, not, not where you want to be i don't know much but i know that's not where oh, you want to be you, i mean you guys remember when when they got him i loved the move so much I, I thought that literally etched their name in the finals instantly and i still think you look at the roster composition and they absolutely are going to be one of maybe two if not three teams that can contend in these for the title but at the same time, it's just it hasn't been as impactful as I thought. Just let's continue the in-season tournament talk. Uh, the Pacers, Bucks or Knicks, who would be a better matchup for them in this in-season tournament? If if I am the Indiana Pacers, you guys might be shocked about this. If I'm the Indiana Pacers, I'd rather see Milwaukee than the Knicks at this wow. point. Knicks are more sound defensively. Indiana is the fastest-paced team in the league. The Knicks are one of the slowest. Big-time variance there. You don't want Indiana outside of their comfort zone. The Knicks will take them outside of their comfort zone. And like I was telling you with Drew Holiday, I mean, Tyrese Halliburton was running all over him. Not going to be as easy when you have Jalen Brunson and Quentin Grimes that's guarding the perimeter for the Knicks so they can shut him down. You can neutralize Giannis Antetokounmpo. And you have when you have a guy like Tyrese Halliburton. And also, by the way, the Pacers did beat the Bucks a little bit earlier in the season. So with all of that, looking to see, I mean, defensively, they're not going to be able to stop Halliburton. Damian Lillard doesn't guard well. The Knicks have a better chance at stopping Halliburton, and that's what it all comes down to for the Pacers. If Halliburton has a big night, they'll win every game. If Halliburton gets neutralized, they're going to lose. That's how they are. That is uh, 7.30 tonight. Bucks hosting the Knicks. Winner there will take on the Pacers in Vegas. Can you sense the bubbling of excitement here from Justin? Let's go to the other side of the bracket, Justin, the West. Uh, the Pelicans went to Sacramento last night and won. So New Orleans is now headed to Vegas. Zion Williamson uh, was the sixth highest scorer in that game for the Pelicans. He had the six most points. People expect them to be one or two. The guy at the top was Brandon Ingram, who people probably should expect to be number one most nights. Um, most of the hype's with Zion. Is the better player... Fantasy-wise, is it Brandon Ingram over Zion Williamson? If you asked me about a week or two ago, I would have said absolutely Zion, even with the injury risk. But even with C.J. McCollum back in the mix, Brandon Ingram is still getting a lot of time with the ball, which I didn't expect. So it's been very impressive. Now, I'll admit, I'll always admit when I'm wrong, I was kind of off of him last night because I thought it was going to be a bigger McCollum and Zion game. Boy, was I wrong about that. And to see what this guy could still do being the point forward that he is, he's going to be heavily involved. And Zion Williamson, if you guys look, not really rebounding. Big man, big body, big frame. 
averaging fewer than six boards per game. Who is he, Brooke Lopez or something like that? Or Drew Holiday. (laughs) Yeah, Zion wishes he can rebound like Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is doing better on the glass than Zion is. Zion plays too much on the wing. He doesn't crash for boards. Part of me thinks he's afraid of getting hurt. That's what that stat and from seeing him play. He's just not basic fundamentals, guys. Even Ray knows how to crash the boards. Oh, yeah. You mean even me? Yeah. Of course I do. I hold the SN Semitale NBA record there for rebounds in the game. Just at 38. You You have a picture of a cat behind you. That's not somebody who screams, I'm going to crash the boards and throw elbows. Where's my basketball? It's more like Ray's going to run into the lane and pet somebody. You're right. Here we go. Here's the basketball. (laughs) Ray could borrow mine. Okay. Need it. Okay. The other, so the Pelicans are in. They got to figure out if they're going to play the Suns or the Lakers. That game's in LA tonight. Suns are an underdog in that game. It's a point and a half. Um, What should we look for in that game tonight? Phoenix and LA. So we have seen LA beat Phoenix twice this season, but Devin Booker, not active in either game. And D'Angelo Russell is a shoddy defender. Very poor defender. That's going to be a problem. Also, the Suns 3-1 and this year as road dogs. And that makes me wonder if tonight, I mean, I'm so looking forward to the LeBron-Durant matchup. I mean, last time these guys played against each other, both of them had 30-plus. But this time around, I'm wondering if maybe I lean a little bit more towards the Suns because – Again, they've been a better road team than home. They're hot right now, won eight of their last 10. And the Lakers haven't been bad or anything like that. But Devin Booker is going to be that X factor tonight. And that's a player that the Lakers haven't seen yet. So makes me think that the Suns are going to be victorious. But I'm expecting a huge back and forth. For me, I'm not even placing a bet on the game. For this show, though, I'll say this. I'd rather take Phoenix tonight. That's 38 rebounds in 28 minutes, guys, just to put it out there. That's what I did, Kyle. I've crashed. How, How old were you? I was 12 years old, and they tried to kick me out of the league. True and, story. And how old are you now? A lot older than that, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, it's 40 years ago, Ray. Did Let you ever have go. a game with 38 <laughs> rebounds, Kyle? Scoreboard. Scoreboard. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised living. you didn't get a scholarship or anything. Well, else. you know, I'm Mount Bundy, so my best days are behind me. Um, <laughs> talking hoops with Justin Fensterman. What, we talked about Webb and Yama and Chet Holmgren a lot this year, Justin, obviously. Who are some other rookies from a fantasy standpoint that have caught your attention and are doing some nice things this season? Sure, I'll, g- I'll give you a couple here. One of them, I'm really hoping when Tyler Hero is back in action, I'm really hoping we that's not the end of him, and that's Jaime Jaquez. He has been so good, guys. Very aggressive. He has a shot, but he'll still prefer to attack the lane. We don't see that enough anymore. A lot of guards settle for their outside shot if it's working. This guy, though, not only will try to drive with the ball, but when he's off the ball, he'll also try to cut, which you don't see a lot from those shooting guards. And that's where you see good energy guy from him, good scorer, also aggressive on the glass too, can run the point if needed, help out on the defensive side grabbing steals. So he's been good. But if when Tyler Hero comes back, that scoring is going to drop a little bit. Now, he could still play a lot of minutes off the bench, and the Heat would be freaking stupid to take all those minutes away from him because great change of pace option at that point. But you got to anticipate that the scoring is going to go down. But he has been one of the most exciting rookies. And everybody, including myself, at least so far, we're still early, everybody owes an apology to Charlotte. Everybody got on Charlotte for taking Brandon Miller. Everybody got on. I kind of got on them a little bit too, even though they had LaMelo Ball. I understood why they took why they took Brandon Miller. And even having LaMelo Ball, Scoot Henderson, probably wouldn't have worked out. But 
Brandon Miller has been good. Brandon Miller, not only a good scorer, and that's with guys also competing for minutes like Gordon Hayward and P.J. Washington, a lot of good 3 and D wings, and he's still been able to etch his spot in the rotation. Most often than not, you're going to see him playing 30 minutes. Good scorer, decent rebounder. I like what I've seen. Very good at working the mid-range. As you guys have known from talking to me half my life about basketball, I, I love those guys that can work the elbow, the mid-range players. Not necessarily the flashier guys that can just drive and dunk, but really hard when the defense is collapsed in the paint to work that mid-range. Brandon Miller has been very good at taking two steps inside and getting higher percentage shots when the defense falls back to the low block. I used to be able to dunk. Now that was a long time ago. Yeah, you can probably oh, still dunk, can't you? No, I can't even touch the rim. You're tall as hell. Yeah, I can't even touch the rim anymore. I tried with my nephew. I was like, oh yeah, oh no. Um, Next, speaking of going to regale us with his favorite Hardy Boys book from when he was twelve. We actually had a the whole. Let's set. just go all the way back, Ray. We might as well go way back to the future. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, Kyle. Wait, you weren't talking about Matt and Jeff Hardy. These are different Hardy Boys. <laughs> different. Okay. Hardy. That's not, like not that. the Red Hardys. The, when you say Hardy like, Boys, that's where I go. Yeah, I was watching the Hardys. I was watching the Reading Rainbow last night. That show, if you remember, <laughs> wow, that. Look yeah, at that. yeah. My uh, partner was showing me that. She's like, Ray. I was like, I never saw that. So I watched it last night. <laughs> Were you um, that bored? <laughs> what was that, Justin? Were you that bored? Yeah, I was that bored. Okay, Kings and Pelicans were on Ray. Come on. <laughs> well, this was after. This was at eleven eleven thirty when we we're going to bed. Um, let's talk Warriors. Let's stay in the barrier here where I'm at, Justin. I mean, Chris Paul. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, you know, Clay Thompson. These are, you know, a lot of talent here with the Warriors. They're under 500, dealt with injuries. They've dealt with suspensions. You know, it seems like that let's just get there is kind of the attitude for the playoffs this year for the Warriors. What do they need to do here? Because they seem to need something, or is it just everyone being on the court together at the same time? They need size. They somehow, some way. And if I'm Golden State, I'm looking at Toronto, who would be considering maybe a fire sale. That's what we've heard for the last few years. And or even going to Chicago and seeing if you could get a DeMar DeRozan. But getting a DeRozan or a Pascal Siakam, they just need more size to gut up the middle. Draymond Green can't do it by himself. Kevon Looney is a stump. Neither, I mean, Draymond is a very good on-the-ball defender and can help shut down that elbow a little bit and shut down that lane from driving. But Kevon Looney, he's going to get beat by bigger centers, just like Steph Curry is going to get beat by good scoring guards every single game. That's the problem. And if you're going to let up the fifth most points in the Western Conference, then you got to be able to turn them away. They're averaging 114, but they're also letting up 114. That's not good. We've talked about that and the various before with that and how if you're going to be having the boat race to 120, 125, you need to be able to surrender fewer than 114 points per game. So they need at this point, besides another defensive guard to help shut down that perimeter a little bit, they need more size and they've needed more size. They had size in James Wiseman. They didn't believe him. They traded him last year. They need to get themselves another bona fide center, even if it's for the rest of the year and that's it as a rental. They need to make a move if they're going to compete in this Western Conference. If they're going to be able to beat a Nikola Jokic, they need more than Kevon Looney there in the middle. Well, and, and you mentioned uh, Siakam there with Toronto and the idea that the Raptors are ready to blow things up. They're 9-11. and 11. It's early in the season. They're, they're probably not a playoff team in the East. But, but staying with the Raptors, I know, what was it, last week or the week before you were uh, – you know, celebrating Scotty Barnes and, and how strong he has performed. Looking at the Raptors, Dennis Schroeder, I saw, uh, who 11th year, I think it is for Schroeder, 16 points, seven assists and a steal every game. 
and I looked at the rest of his numbers, they're all better than his career averages. So in effect, this is an 11th year player who nobody really considers all that useful, almost having a career best season and, and doing things around the box score. Is it a blip or, or is this guy somebody who could, who could hold steady with the Raptors and for fantasy players this year? Hold steady, yes, but it, you might see a small decline. But here's the thing with Schroeder. I mean, you, you think a guy who's averaging seven assists per game he leads the team in usage. He's third, guys. Third on his own team in usage behind guys like Scotty Barnes. And you see Barnes bringing up the ball a lot, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the scoring out of him. We're seeing the dimes production. What teams are doing is they're focusing and zeroing in on those forwards. So guys like Dennis Schroeder are afterthoughts at this mm-hmm. point. And they've been, he's been taking advantage of it. Nobody is really stepping up and guarding him unless it's a late game, one point game situation. And that's why when all the focus is on Barnes and Siakam, two guys that can handle the rock and attack the rim with force, those other guys and perimeter players, they're going to be at an advantageous spot. And that's what Schroeder's being. I mean, shoot, shooting over 43% from the field, the seven assists. I mean, when was the last time we saw him do that? Like never essentially throughout his entire decade plus career and it has just been excellent seeing what he's done and that just shows right there also for props and high octane environments while a lot of our focus will be on scotty barnes a lot of those nights dennis schroeder is holding his own as well so while you might see a little bit of a decline ultimately i think he could still be a good sector or probably third guard on your team however let's just talk about the possibility of them giving their fire sale, having their fire sale, which we've heard for the last three years. That can actually put him, if he's still on the team, and let's say Siakam's traded away, that could put him in a more beneficial spot for familiarity when it comes to his scoring, and he could pick up more shots and certainly would pick up more time with the ball if that were the case. Raptors uh, not in play tonight. In fact, we've got just the two games uh, for the in-season tournament. Again, 7.30, Knicks at the Bucks, 10 o'clock, Suns at the Lakers. Uh, winners advance to Vegas to the semifinals, waiting to take on the Pacers and the Pelicans, just as everyone predicted those Pelicans in the final four. Uh, Justin, a pleasure, man. We always enjoy our Tuesdays. Um, I saw that in the, the league, the three of us are in the fantasy football league. Uh, Justin's been a hard luck loser this year. Ray beat him by like a point. I beat him by like point two. This week, Justin won by two points, three points. It was a tight victory for you. It was, but look at the, all the other scores. I mean, you see Adam Kaplan and I were breaking the boards, but that's kind of what happens again with fantasy football is that, you know, sometimes you're in that spot where you're having a great week and you beat just about every other team in the league, but your matchup, that's the other guy and you lose. Luckily, I thought I was done for. I'm so happy. I won. I'm now what, seven and six, but I'm on the outside looking in. So I need one of you two to lose. Ray, I don't know what you're at, Kyle. Ray, I saw you were eight and five. Yeah, I'm 13 and 0. You're 13. No, I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) Imagine that. No, I'm going to need some help. I mean, I got to win, but I'm going to need some of you seven and six. The whole league, like what, Ray? You might have it in front of you. Like, I do. The 14 team league, I think like nine of the 14 teams have six or seven wins, right? Uh, 11 of the 14 teams have (laughs) six or more wins. Yeah. But we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams have six or seven. Okay. So half the league has six yeah. or seven victories. So we all got a chance right now. Right. Well, here's the promise we need to make. One of the three of us has got to make the playoffs. Okay. It, it would be pretty sad if all three of us missed the playoffs, especially yeah. with Mr. Eight and Five up there, Ray Flowers. Yeah, don't choke it away, Ray. Okay. Uh, I never I choke. I got 30 last, rebounds this, in a game. I don't choke. Is this the last week of the regular season in that league? I'm yes. Just, I, I believe yes. so. Yeah. 
Okay, so I'm probably finished. I I, I don't think I can make a run. I thought Ray, you're our best. I player. thought you were at about 500. No, six and seven. Okay, so you have a chance. You're our only hope, Obi One Ray Flowers. <laughs> get, get that win. Get that win. Uh, Justin, peace out. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Thank you so much for having me again. Justin Finsterman, um, again, Wednesday, very busy slate in the NBA. I think we got like 12, 11 games, something like that. So Justin will have a huge uh, write-up with cheat sheets, DFS, all that stuff coming your way tomorrow. I think they've also got a breakdown uh, for the Tuesday night action with just the two games. But uh, if you are into the NBA and looking for winnings, whether it's wagering or DFS, uh, Justin and his crew can certainly help you out. Uh, before we get out of here, quick baseball notes. Uh, Ray and I talked about this yesterday, Otani to Toronto, those rumors. Uh, there is some reporting that Otani met with the Blue Jays yesterday, so maybe there's a, a little more meat on that bone than we might have expected. Uh, Ray, the Dodgers, notably Dave Roberts, uh, noted yesterday that Mookie Betts right now should be the everyday second baseman for the LA Dodgers next year. They're they're planning to in effect kind of erase him as an outfielder with that team. Yeah, and that's not overly surprising, but it's still surprising. I mean, obviously he's played second base for a long time and they've moved him around. It's one of the arguments you could have made for bets uh, for the MVP vote. He played 107 games in right field, 70 games at second base, 16 games at shortstop. So it was all over the field last year. The argument, I guess, is that they'll save his body a little bit, which is, I don't know, I'm, I guess. But, it, it, you know, right? It's like, okay. But he can pull off second base. He's adequate there for sure. And he already qualifies the second base. He'll keep out for eligibility this season. And, you know, frankly, right, what doing what he does as an infielder gives him even more value in the fantasy game than it does as an outfielder. Well, and it's always interesting. I not that this, you know, you can't look down the history of baseball and say that's the case. But I was kind of wondering, uh, bets as a second baseman versus as an outfielder. You know, how did they? Same dude. I mean, still a stud. It wasn't like he was putting up big numbers in the outfield, and then oh, when he had to be more concerned with the infield and second base and unfamiliar position, things fell off. They did not. Uh, he was totally fine. Uh, Gavin Lux on the other side of that storyline. He's probably your everyday shortstop. For the Dodgers, uh, let's see. Houston says they will not trade Alex Bregman. That's what they're saying. Right. Uh, Wade Miley is back with Milwaukee. He is such a brewer. Uh, one year, eight and a half million dollars. <laughs> he might make that team's Hall of Fame before it's all said and done. And he's actually it, pitched effectively. Yeah, he has. Healthy, whenever he's, he's healthy, I'm just the veteran left-hander. Yep. Yep. You know, the crafty lefty. That's Wade mm -hmm. Miley. Uh, maybe the biggest piece of like fantasy news, Ray, and we're we're still months away from this actually being true. Uh, but Oakland, they still have a team. Um, Oakland came out and said Mason Miller is maybe more closer than starting pitcher, at least reliever, Ray. Mm -hmm. And and you look at his arsenal, which is like 102 miles an hour. It screams closer, so maybe he he becomes that. That closing asset, he, he was injured last season. But what we saw, Ray, I mean, he could throw flames. It just wasn't we didn't get to see enough of it in the big leagues last year. Yeah, I mean, in 2021, he had six innings. In 2022, he had like 15 innings. Last year, he had like 50 innings. There's This is a reliever then. <laughs> this is, yeah, there's nothing. I mean, even him making it through 75 innings as a reliever is unclear at this point. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Given the state of the bullpen with the athletics, given what their lack of, they're not going out and spending it $5 million for middle relievers, right? So yeah, this is this is exciting news in the fantasy space because as a starter, I think we'd be dealing with a lot of this. He's making 19 starts, and you know it's all over the place. 
If he was actually in the bullpen working that ninth inning, uh, his ADP will skyrocket to the point where yeah. he'll probably end up being overdrafted in 2020. Would he be a top 20 reliever, you think? Would people get that excited? He's still going to have the athletics across his chest plate. So people always are going to discount you that way. Mm-hmm. And, and this is without looking at any rankings of closers, okay. but I, I bet he's right around the 20th guy off the board. Yeah, I mean, Trevor May was effective at times last year. He was ineffective at other times. He had 21 saves for the Athletics, and we mm-hmm. talk about this a lot. You know, when you're a team that's not very good, when you don't have a lot of bullpen depth, you're the manager, you're putting your best guy out there whenever there's a chance. So that, that means two games in a row. That means three games in four days if if the guy physically can handle it. So I think that there will be an argument for him to be a top 20 reliever because there are a lot of bullpens, obviously, that share things. Um, but we have months to go before we have to make that decision. But, yeah, that's an arm with Mason Miller that, you know, if everything breaks right, you know, he could be the A's Felix Batista. Of course, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get out of here, David had a quick question, uh, a couple of quick questions. Uh, PPR receiver, who would you pick up? George Pickens, Noah Brown, Jaden Reed, or Romeo Dobbs? For me, that's Noah Brown. I'm, I'm taking the shot there with Houston. And then on the PPR running back, Ford, Hubbard, or Madison. I'd have to look at matchups for those three guys and see what we've right. got over the next month. I, I kind of lean towards Hubbard yeah probably still Ford I think it's still Ford Ford's gonna be my choice there how about you yeah. Ray on those yeah two? and see this is one of those leagues we were talking about earlier like all of these guys are rostered in all of my yeah. leagues but some yeah. leagues are availability I think that you know looking at the rankings this week over at fantasyviewer.com Ford and most Ford and Madison excuse me are both top 25 running backs this week you know so Hubbard's just right behind them I would go Ford at the running back spot uh, that'd be my call there. Again, he's been at RB2 since Chubb Hubbard, excuse me, since uh, Nick Chubb went down. At the wide receiver position, it's a little tougher. Uh, I think that, again, all these guys should be on a roster. You have to look at the situation uh, in Green Bay. We don't know uh, about the health of Watson, so that's obviously likely to bump up both Reed and Dobbs. Brown is the, the number two guy now there with Tank Dell out. And then there's George Pickens working with Trubisky, which I'm kind of interested in. So the answer to your question, yes to all of them. <laughs> I mean, all of them be added. If I had to add one, I'll, I'll I'm going to go Jaden Reed because I think Christian Watson's down. But okay. that I'm going right. Brown because he, he can be hugely explosive. Very true. Yeah, I mean, and and I think with the injury to Tank Dell, he's done for the season. Noah Brown, they're counting on Noah Brown now. Yeah. That's an offense that throws. I'll, I'll, I'll go with Brown as my choice there. Uh, appreciate, David, all the people jumping in in the chat room. We're up against the clock, so we're going to close it down today. We are back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, obviously, a lot more football. We'll take our first look at some uh, point spreads and game totals for Week 14. Um, should be a fun one. Uh, good luck with the waiver wire bidding tonight. Uh, again, the latest on Trevor Lawrence is he is going to miss time. Doesn't sound like it's season ending, but for fantasy players, it may be. So I, I would say this, bid as if you will not have Trevor Lawrence the rest of the year. That is how you should bid on any quarterback you're looking at tonight, as if Lawrence won't return. That would be the smart way of doing it. So for a lot of you, blow out the budget. I mean, that's pretty well what you're going to be looking at. Head into Discord if you need specific help. Uh, Ray, good stuff today. We uh, made our way from uh, football to hoops to, to baseball. So we'll do pretty well the same thing tomorrow. Maybe a little less hoops, but a lot of football. Plenty of baseball. Maybe we'll get a signing in Nashville. Uh, We'll do it tomorrow, but good stuff today. Thank you, Kyle. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Absolutely. 11 a.m. tomorrow. We thank you for joining us on Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com.